This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, you can. Just send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Everyone, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I do change everybody's voices. People make up phony names. You could email me from a phony number. I mean, email me from a phony email. You could call me from a blocked number. I don't really care to know who you are or where you live or what you do. I just want to hear your real true life story. <laughs> so if you want to call into show while remaining anonymous, like I said, go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening on a podcast app, make sure to follow my show on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. If you want to leave a naughty confession, I do have a confessions hotline. You could call that number 24-7. The number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You can call that number 24-7. I think I already said that. You get four minutes to leave a message. Make sure to Call me from a quiet place and talk slowly and clearly. (laughs) I change all the voices on the confessions as well. They're all aired over on my Patreon. Now, my Patreon is super fun, especially for anyone that's into cross-dressing or is into pantyhose because this episode is a guy, a gay guy who's into wearing lingerie and pantyhose. If you have a cross-dressing or pantyhose fetish, I have specific tiers on my Patreon over there where you get exclusive episodes. If you're a cross-dresser, you get the pantyhose episodes as well as the cross-dressing exclusive episodes. You get one extra episode a month. Because I've been doing my Patreon for years, you get all the back episodes. So it's you sign up today and you get all the episodes that I've been airing once a month for the past couple of years. So there's over 50 or 100 exclusive episodes there. The Patreon tier is $7 a month. The cross-dressing tier is $10 a month. But you get all of the access to everything on my Patreon, which is anonymous pics of all of my guests, early and ad-free episodes. You get Q&As that I do on a monthly uh, basis. You get the exclusive one episode a month of uh, a hoser episode as well as a cross-dresser episode, as well as all my anonymous confessions. There's hundreds of them, as well as access to my Discord. Now, my Discord is a place where people get to go and talk to each other and upload their own shit. People post all their X-rated stuff over there. It's super naughty. Uh, I don't get involved with my Discord, but it is a place where my listeners and the people who call into my show get involved in. So if you want to join that community, there's over a thousand people over on my Patreon. Sign up for it. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. Now today I have on Chuck. I love the name Chuck for him because it doesn't go with who he is. It's like Chuck sounds so manly man, man. But Chuck is like a gay guy, a gay man who's into wearing lingerie. He doesn't fully dress. It's lingerie that he's into. He's also into stockings and we, and he's also married to a man. He's been in a long-term relationship and we talk about all of that. We go back, of course, to the beginning when he first realized he was into wearing panties and lingerie and pantyhose and all that good stuff, as well as like when he figured out he was gay and how and when those two things sort of came together. What was it that he saw that he was like, oh, I like that. We also talk about how he came out 
when he came out and when he started to explore his fetish more as well. It was a long time ago and he went into the chat rooms and started hooking up with guys. He realized he was not only into being a submissive, but he was really into being a dom, even when he was dressed up or somebody else was dressed up. Even though he's gay, he's into guys who dress He's interested in being the dom in that scenario, like I said, which is rare, right? Most of the people who are cross-dressing or dressing up in lingerie or panties want to be the sub. They want to be the sissy. Here's a guy who likes to dress up, but he was interested in being the dom in that scenario. And that's what he does. But he's also a switch. He could be the sub as well. He's hooked up with a lot of guys. He's open and down for all kinds of things. He especially likes a guy who looks like a guy while he's dressed up, right? I mean, Chuck is interesting in that he doesn't dress in lingerie or in stockings because he wants to be a woman or because he wants to feel like a woman. He just likes to dress up. He explains all that. Then he gets into his relationship, how he met his guy, how he hid his fetish from his guy, how his guy found out. He, there, he did a little stint with a little crystal meth that came out of nowhere. He got into that and then his guy found out. He copped to what he was doing. He was cheating at some point behind his guy living out his lingerie fetish behind his guy's back because his guy, when he found out, wasn't into it. So he kept doing it on the side, on the DL. He didn't feel right about it. And eventually he came clean to his partner. His partner also came clean. They were both like cheating on each other. And to this day, they're still together. They've been with each other 28 years. They have a really interesting story because they don't really have sex anymore. I was like, what the fuck? Like two gay guys who are not banging each other. But they bang other people and they're very in love with each other. And they have a great relationship that they set up. They set up an open relationship between each other. Many years ago, they created rules and regulations within their open relationship and they follow that and it really works for them and they have a great relationship to this day because of it and that's super interesting as well we talk all about that as well as like his naughty hookups and what he's into because he's down for everything okay he's super open he's super interesting he doesn't really fall into any big group he's very much like a unicorn if you ask me he's got a I heard a lot of firsts from him which I always love because that's hard to find uh, because I have 700 episodes but you're gonna love his story he sent me in pictures on my patreon if you want to see them patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast he's got a twitter he's gonna give a shout out to that his twitter handle will be in the description if you want to go follow him over there but anyway I'm gonna be right back on with Chuck this is the strictly anonymous podcast uh, hi, Chuck. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm super duper. How about yourself? I'm good. I think Chuck is a funny name to use for a guy who likes, who's a, a gay man who likes to wear lingerie. You should have called yourself like Charlie or <laughs> Cheryl. I don't know. Chuck is so not into wearing women's clothes, but I like it. It's kind of funny. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Chuck. You know what? I actually pick it because that's the name I use, like if I'm going to a restaurant or like at Starbucks. Yeah. Because it's easy for them to spell and you can hear it from across the crowded room. Oh my God, that is so funny. Chuck. Isn't it funny? <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, Chuck. Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny name. And like I said, it doesn't really go with the story, but it's fine. I like it because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was a conversation starter. So listen, that's what you are though. You're a gay guy who wears lingerie, right? And this is something that of course has been going on since you were young, right? And that's where we always like to go back. You're in a relationship, right? A long-term relationship? Am, yes. Okay, now does your guy years. know? He does. Because I feel like in the gay community, I've had a couple other gay men on. I think it was like with a pantyhose fetish or cross-dressing. And it's it's hard in that community to find people, other guys who are down, right? Because they like fucking men, right? So exactly. like, oh, if you want to look like a girl, they're most likely not going to be into it because that's the reason why they're gay, right? So it makes sense that oh, it would sure. be, yeah. you know, a hard sell. So that's going to be an interesting part of your story. But let's go back to the beginning, okay? Like, Chuck, when did you, which came first? You figured out you were gay or you figured out you wanted to wear lingerie? I mean, because those are two big things to figure out. Two about big yourself. different things, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably right around the same time same thing so probably when i was about 13 12 13 years old that would have been the 80s mm -hmm. so it gives you a general idea of my age 
I was home alone. So grew up typical family, mom, dad, uh, parents didn't divorce until a couple years later. Okay. And I was the youngest of all boys. And I happened to be home alone while everyone else was doing errands or something, whatever. But I had to be home and I was folding laundry. And just typical thing, I'm folding it's my, my mom's underwear and I'm like, huh, let's put that on. That's interesting, right? <laughs> it, yeah, really. I mean, because there's really nothing that would have sparked me into it, but I tried it on. Started with panties and then pantyhose and then quickly moved on to like her tights and just loved the sensation of it. It was it like a tactile really thing at first? Like that yes. feeling, it was the fabric. Yeah, it was the fabric and the kind of the taboo nature. Like, ooh, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. Oh my God, isn't that like, so funny? Like that kind of thing, right? And so over the course of the years, I would dress up in secret. And it really was just tights and tights and not even really panties, more tights, but occasionally some panties. And I would wear them to bed or things like that. And that's actually kind of how I first learned to jerk off was by wearing them and rubbing through, uh, rubbing through the pantyhose. And so I would wear them under my clothes going to school and oh, wow. just feel excited the whole time. Uh-huh. So it started that way. Also, and it's funny because it was 1984, I was in Los Angeles and that's when they had the Olympics. And near my house was the velodrome where they did the cycling. Uh-huh. So I was suddenly seeing a lot of men cycling around in spandex. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting to me. Oh, and then uh-huh. and then wrestling was getting really popular. So here's all these big muscular men wearing skin tight outfits and there was nothing feminine about them. Yeah. And it was just really intriguing to me as a kid. And it's, oh, okay. What's this? Yeah, interesting. And so they kind of like came hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that men um, in tights made you realize. Exactly. But it was really funny because men in ballet tights or ballet dancers doesn't appeal to me. Interesting. Why do but you think? Or is that more feminine? I think so. I think in my brain, yeah. it feels a little too feminine or a little too formal, a little too static or not prissy. That's not the right word, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. a little too feminine. Yeah, which is the same thing that we were just talking about, right? Like why a, a gay man would have a problem if he likes to dress up in lingerie, finding another guy into it because that that's feminine and that's not yeah, what guys exactly. dig. Yeah, but you seeing these guys riding their bikes in, in tights, that's totally masculine, Completely. Yeah. Uh-huh. They just had these big muscular legs. Yeah. And so a pair of legs and a pair of spandex tights just is, is so hot to me. Interesting. Okay. And so it just kept on growing from there. Mm-hmm. So just all through school, elementary, junior, and high school, kind of wore it off and on. I never went through the whole purge thing. I just kind of held on to pieces over time. And every now and then I would terrified. I would buy a pair of pantyhose or a pair of tights and wow. the Sears or JC Penney's. Oh my, it was so scary. Have <laughs> a fun on maybe as well, like a rush. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so kind of doing that whole thing. So I went to college and it kind of went on the back burner mainly because I'm in the dorm room sharing it with some other guys. Didn't really have the space. And then after college, I ended up moving to San Francisco and lived with my brother. And it was probably around 19, around that time, about 1920. And it was then that I decided, you know what? I'm gay. I figured that out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to accept it and really started to explore that whole thing. And then at the same time, so while I came out as being gay to myself, I also decided, you know what? This whole lingerie fetish thing is something that you're interested in as well. Let's explore it. And at the time, the internet was brand new. Right, right, so right. really the only options were like personal ads in like local alternative papers. Mm-hmm. And so I would post some ads in there or I'd find some like CD or TV magazines and mail in there. So you'd have to write a letter and send it to send it in and they would send it to the person. <laughs> mm-hmm. So archaic now. Oh, yeah. But that's actually where I ended up meeting some of the first other guys to dress up with. Okay, now at this point, these guys that you were meeting, were they also gay or were these straight guys that were into dressing? Some were gay, most were straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I would meet most. So I was having sex with men just, you know, 19 and 20 years old in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then San Francisco was really alive. Like it was really coming back. And so it was exciting. It was a really fun time. And so. I was open with that, but my whole fetish thing was definitely still a secret. Yeah. But it was through like personal ads and eventually Craigslist much later. And before that, AOL chat rooms or Yahoo chat rooms Uh where I started to meet and actually talk with other men that were also into this. It's funny because actually a couple of people that I would first meet there, I'm still friends with today. 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, hosers. I got a surprise for you. My sponsor for today's Fetish Friday episode is Label, the sexy, all-inclusive hosiery brand that's disrupting the industry. Nearly 50% of their customers identify as male or non-binary, a.k.a. hosers. <laughs> some are buying for themselves. Some are buying for their girlfriends. But everybody loves their super soft Italian-made pantyhose. And it's not just about style. Label uses a patented seamless design that utilizes proprietary 3D knitting and anti-rip technology, which gives a revolutionary second skin feel that's size and gender inclusive. Now, I know all you hosers know exactly what that means. With a full range of classic colors, patterns, sheer and sexy nets, these tights are perfect for any occasion, from the bedroom to the club, under your pants, at the office, <laughs> and everywhere in between. Bell has something for you. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself a couple pairs. And for listeners of the show, Label is offering 25% off your whole order, okay? So order up because you're going to get 25% off if you use my code strictly. Use it at label.co. That's L-E-S-B-E-L-L-E-S dot C-O. Use my code strictly at label.co for 25% off your whole order. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. That's 25% off. Use code strictly or just go to the description and click on the link. Yeah, it really shows though that there really is. And this is what I think the internet was really great for. I mean, a lot of people put it down for a lot of reasons, but I think it's fucking great. And one of the best things about the internet, besides getting to know anything you want to ever know about, you just go on there. <laughs> I, as so a curious true. person, I'm sorry, but I'm like a Googler. I'm obsessed with the internet. But what the other thing is, is that you really realize you're not alone. 100%. Here you were this little kid who not only had to deal with the fact that you were gay and you liked guys, but you also were wearing your mom's clothing and stuff. And you, you, at that time, there's no way you knew that there was anyone else that was into that. And that could be like a scary, uh, lonely place to be. And then you go online and you realize there's all these other people. And like, how great is that? For sure. Yeah. And it's interesting because for me, it was even more confusing because I'm thinking, well, wait, I, I enjoy wearing these things. Yeah. But I don't want to be a woman. Right. I mean, should I? Should I be doing drag? Should I be trying to look like a woman? Should I try to be feminine? But none of that ever did anything for me there was never anything that that turned me on about that idea i know especially since so many people that i do talk to that are into this are straight men mm -hmm. for them it's a way to explore this whole feminine side yes that they've been denied but it was never that for me so it felt even more strange i'm like wait i'm not i don't even fall into that bucket i'm in a whole different space over here where are my people <laughs> <laughs> i always said if you see a masculine man that wears lingerie and a top Oh my God, you could have every single submissive bottom coming to you all the time. For sure. You're right. And it's true. It yeah. works. They come out of the woodwork. And that's you. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 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 When I first started, again, because I'm thinking, oh, I wear lingerie, I must have to be submissive. I would kind of usually take that submissive role. Mm -hmm. But then years later, when I started just being more confident with it and meeting more straight men, they would want to be the one that was the girl. So they wanted to be dressed up. And they didn't always want me to be dressed up. So in those cases, I ended up taking on the male role in that little relationship. Yeah. They would be the female. And it actually was like, well, they're not going to fuck me. So I'm going to fuck them. Yeah. And that's interesting. As a gay man, though, you were down for a man dressed up as a woman, though. That was a turn on for you. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And they're usually not dressed up completely. Like, I don't, they don't usually do makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, again, the makeup thing doesn't appeal to me. I don't like wearing wigs or anything like that. Uh -huh. But I would let them wear wigs if they wanted to. Yeah. But I always try to make sure it was a really safe, comfortable space for them. Yeah. Because I knew if I was scared, I could only imagine what they must be going through. Right. You could empathize with them because you're in their position, too. You're the same. 
Yeah. You're exactly. not some straight married dude that's picking this. That's hiding the same secret. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you, you have the same, you, you have the same kink. So you understand their position, but you could Completely. also, you could be that guy that's there with them as the dom. And that is very rare. I'm typically not talking. That's why I was excited to have you. I could talk to a million cross-dressers, but I'm, every story is going to be totally unique and different. It's it's interesting. Yes, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every single guy I've ever hooked up with, especially into this, they all come at it from a different point of view. Totally, like yeah. Said, some want to be feminine. Some want to be treated like a girl. Some want to yep. be treated like a sissy. Some yeah. want to be humiliated. Some want to be a guy in panties. All this kind of thing. They're, they're not going to usually tell me. So I have to just kind of ask the right questions to draw it out of them. Yeah. And then just kind of know how to push them a little further to get them out of their comfort zone and let them experience a little more. Right. But you are very rare, like you said. That's what's so interesting about this episode. There's not that's a true. lot of the, the dogs out there. Yeah. That's what's this is like a very interesting angle. So go on. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was the 90s. And yep. yeah, 90s. I'm exploring this in, in San Francisco. I'm meeting up with guys. We're both dressing. I was also at a good job, so I was actually making some pretty good money. And just down the street from where I worked was a shop in San Francisco called Piedmont. And it was a place that specialized in clothing for exotic dancers, strippers, mm -hmm. and cross-dressers and drag queens. Okay. And they would make custom outfits. And so, of course, the entire you know store is used to men dressing like this. So I would actually just go there and buy things openly it was really fun it was the first time it was just really wow this is this is kind of erotic and exciting yeah especially since their dressing room was actually just one big room that they would just slide curtains around so i'd be in there dressing putting on some some lace body suits or anything like that and literally right next to me there could be a woman putting on her stripper outfit and oh. another man <laughs> and another spot and we're all opening curtains and you kind of start seeing each other yeah yeah it's yeah fascinating yeah only a, in a city a only in a progressive city is that shit gonna go 100%. down like i said you really were lucky you were in san fran and that in those days i mean new york city you probably would have found the same kind of a thing but yeah that's yeah. great mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, hitting that 19, 20, 21 ages. Uh -huh. So good job. Really starting to explore who I am. Got one of my first credit cards. So I would do a lot of shopping and just buy stuff like that. Yeah. And so my lingerie collection actually grew really fast. And I would just hide it in like bags or boxes underneath my bed or wherever I could in my bedroom. And that was really a good time. Now, was, did you wear other things or was it, I mean, I know that you liked pantyhose and tights and lingerie and panties, I'm assuming. I mean, did you do, did you do full, did you also do dresses and skirts, like full dress or no. is it strictly lingerie, like it's underwear? Strictly lingerie. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's people say cross-dresser, transvestite, labels are too complicated. Yeah. But if I had to, I usually say I'm a lingerie fetishist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's okay. what turns me on. Uh -huh. I don't want to put on a dress. I don't want to take that female side. Yeah, no, um, it's a specific like thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even back then, I would wear a bra sometimes, but it was really about layers. So I loved wearing panties with tights and stockings and then a bodysuit and a corset and a bra underneath. But I wasn't doing tits at that point. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, because to me, that was too feminine. Uh -huh. That's too far. I, I eventually would change my mind about that. But it was good. It was really fun. And again, right around that time, I started working in a gay dance club. And so started experimenting with drugs at that point. I never really done anything. I mean, I would smoke weed occasionally, but even that's not a big deal for me. Yeah. But I was introduced to Crystal. Oh, yeah. Um, that's hardcore. <laughs> so the first thing was like, here, someone just had it and you just decided to try. Some friends it. were doing Crystal. I'm like, let's give it a shot. Wow. Was it good? And, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, and it, it was funny because I would consider myself like a, a weekend tweaker. Yeah. So starting like Thursday evening, because I had Fridays off. Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, start doing a couple bumps, take it through the rest of the weekend, stop like Saturday evening, because then I'd have to go to work on Sunday. Uh huh. You know, I was 19. My metabolism would totally take it. So, I was like, yeah, this is fine. I'm yeah, invincible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, just the thought of it, I'm like, oh, I have too much stuff to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, so I started, and when I started doing that, of course, it was really fun and I was up and peppy and it was really great. But I realized it was bringing something else out in me that I hadn't expected. It totally made me super horny. And I just wanted to dress up even more. Right. And so it made that whole experience of dressing up just like 
feverish. It was so hot and exciting. So I would start taking pictures of myself. I would, like I said, I was, dancing, I was working at a, at a nightclub or a, a bar and I, I was doing security. I would actually wear uh, lingerie underneath my regular clothes while at the bar. And then after the bar closed, I would walk over to my car, which is probably like a block or two away. Mm -hmm. And as I was getting closer and closer to my car, I would actually start stripping out of my male clothes. <laughs> this is like four in the morning. Yeah. And, and walk like those last few feet to my car wearing nothing but lingerie. Wow. And that was like your yeah. naughty thing of like exhibitionism? My, exactly. Oh. The whole taboo yeah. um, exhibitionist side. Right. And that crystal meth is what pushed you to do something crazy sure like did. that. Yeah, you wouldn't have done that if you weren't <laughs> high on that shit, right? I mean, no, Because exactly. you could get in trouble for that. It's almost like criminal behavior on public right? oh, public indecency yeah oh for sure yeah, yeah yeah so that's i started really exploring that and started meeting more and more people and it was great met a lot of people through craigslist during that time period mm -hmm. and then probably around right around 2000 i moved to seattle with my partner at that time so we had been dating for about three years and we decided to move to seattle the guy you're still, still with right yes okay yep 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 so, well, when we, were in, when we were in San Francisco, there was one night, I was a little high, but he was spending the night with me and he, he didn't know about any of this. I started getting horny. And so I went to the other room and started dressing up and he heard me. And so he came into the other room and he saw me there dressed in lingerie. And high. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh, I know. Right. He's just like, what's this? And I kind of briefly explained, he's like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, you're too stoked and so to talk. I, of course, was just like terrified. Um, the next day we talked about it. I told him, yeah, it's a fetish. And didn't really talk about the drugs part very much. I said, this really turns me on. And he's like, well, I don't know. This, he's like, this does not work for me. I think we need to break up. And so I convinced him. I was like, you know what? I don't have to do this. I can put it aside. It's not that important. And I basically just kind of put it all back into the closet again. Yeah. Which we know never works. Yeah. yeah. And so for years, I would just hide that from him, but I was still dressing. And even when we moved to Seattle, I would be meeting with other guys and we'd be hooking up on the side and I'd be dressing and I would have this bigger collection and kind of doing it. So I always felt really guilty about that. Yeah. Because um, you're cheating on him. Oh, completely. Yeah. And we went back and forth between having a closed and open relationship at that time period. Uh-huh. But yeah, there were definitely points when, when we were closed that I was still hooking up with other guys. Yeah. Using the justification as well. He's not into this and I'm just exploring. So that makes it okay. Right. The things you tell yourself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's called reframing. <laughs> Exactly. And we could reframe sometimes like really bad things that we do and make ourselves feel okay about it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And so once I left San Francisco, I stopped doing crystal. So I never felt like I was addicted to it. Uh -huh. I was always kept it to just weekends, never did it during the week. And then when I moved, I just didn't have a connection to it anymore. I didn't have a way to buy it. So you're lucky that you didn't get caught it, up in that. You were one of the lucky ones that were able to do it, do it recreationally and be like, okay, thanks for the fun. See you later. Exactly. Nice I to know you. Yeah. Now, and, and that's it. <laughs> well, most people, that's not the story. You're, you're very unique in a lot of points in this story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's funny. So I get the most turned on or excited dressing up when I'm high. Right. Of course. But of course, I, you can't get an erection for any any way possible. But, you know, when you finally do, when I finally did a day, two days later, when I finally could get hard and would jerk off, oh, my God, it was just like waves. It was like, like this huge release and felt incredible. Mm -hmm. And then the minute I came, the desire was gone. I would take off all the clothes, put it away, clean everything up, and it wasn't there anymore. It's so weird. And so that was always really interesting. But when I would meet up with these guys that I would meet with, again, because they were usually straight, I would, of course, be totally sober and maybe we'd have a drink or something, but, you know, no drugs at all. Yeah. Because I was really focused on them and having a good experience. And of course, I didn't want to be flaccid that entire time. So I wanted to stay alert and keep going at it. And that was always really fun because in those situations, I take on more of the the controlling role, uh -huh. even if I'm not, because I don't say I dom people, like I'm not yeah. forcing people to yeah, do yeah, anything, yeah. but because it's usually just a first time for them. I just, I kind of guide them and they always want me to pick things out for them. So I'll strip them out of their male clothes really slowly and then just slowly start dressing them and making it a really sensual experience. Right. And it's always great. It's so fun. 
Yeah, I feel like there's always a dom and a sub in every kind of situation, right? And it's not yeah. necessarily the male or the female; it's the energy no. or the vibe. You, you know, and exactly, you, and it can switch during yeah. throughout the whole experience. With your boyfriend, who are you a bottom, a top, a switch? We actually don't. We actually don't have a big sexual relationship, but pretty much a switch when we do. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we go. Really? You don't fuck your boyfriend? I mean, two gay men not fucking? I've never, every single part of your story is like unique. Exactly. (laughs) Another unique Um, thing. (laughs) So different. Yeah. But it was funny. So I really started meeting some men through Craigslist at that point. And Mm -hmm. so I really started to see where there was no one type of person into this. I mean, I had a fireman, an engineer, yeah. a guy that that a guy that's a, a captain that steered the ferries in, <laughs> in Seattle, like everything. Yeah. And I always tended to focus more towards guys that were more masculine looking. So mm-hmm. if you were like a big burly guy and you were hairy, but you were also into this, the rest of the community is no, I don't want that. I don't want a, I don't want a hairy man in panties. Yeah. And I'm like, that is exactly what I want. Yeah, I'm you're like, the perfect here. guy because you're a guy. Exactly. You're a guy, which you like because you're gay, and you like to wear panties, which is your fetish. So that's like the top of the mountain for you. <laughs> that's true. That's... It's really fun. And so yeah. I would have these guys that usually would have no other outlet. Yeah. Or they'd be with someone who would kind of make them feel ashamed. And I'm like, no, you're fucking beautiful. And yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, that's like, great go. for those. That's yeah. great for those bears. Yeah, not even well, they're straight guys. I right? love the yeah. bears, but I'll yeah. take them all. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny because even some of those guys that I first met again thirty years ago, I still talk with them. Yeah, that's you know, great. They're they're in all the cities, but you know they're like, why aren't you here in Seattle? I miss you. I don't have anyone to play with anymore. Yeah, that's funny. It was really hard for them. So you're, but this whole time, all this meeting of these men on the side and stuff is being done on the DL and your guy never catches you. I'm sure he kind of assumed or yeah. kind of knew. Yeah. He never really caught me. Uh-huh. It was never a big thing that happened, but it was always there in the background. I mean, he always knew that it was there yeah. and I'm sure he found my boxes, my stash of stuff some occasionally, but yeah. you know, it was one of those, we're not going to talk about that. That's uh-huh. his thing. Yeah. But probably about 10 years into our relationship, I was 23, 24 when we first started dating. Yeah. Now I'm like 35. Both are two different people than when we first started dating. Yeah. But we were still used going, we were still working in the same roles that we were back then. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to be like a more controlling part of the relationship. I wanted to be more open about things. And he wanted to be able to release a little control to be like, hey, why do I have to make decisions all the time? Why don't you? And I'm like, well, I want to. So we actually went to couples therapy at that point to really kind of talk about our issues. And it was during then that I told him, I said, you know about this. And I've always hidden it, but I've still been doing it the whole time. And I don't want to have to hide it anymore. Wow. Okay. And we've always had a very honest relationship with stuff like that. Yeah. Except, except when I'm lying and not telling him things. Yeah, but you said, but I, but I know it's, it sounds so hypocritical, but that's why you always felt bad because it really wasn't who you were and it wasn't the kind of relationship you wanted. So that's why you came clean. That's the kind of person that does come clean because you weren't, it's not in line with who you are. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I like that. So yeah, during therapy, like it came out and he kind of just said, you know what? It's not my thing, but it doesn't change who you are. So yeah, go ahead, enjoy it. And I was like, so I would even be able to like openly wear panties and things like that around the house now, which I'd never done before. It's funny, but I still keep a lot of that very much on the DL from him. So I don't want to, I'm rarely going to walk around the house in full lingerie or anything like that in front of him. Yeah, that makes sense because he's not really into it. So you can't go yeah. there with him. Exactly. And it, he definitely gave it the old college try. Like he would dress up for me and we would dress up occasionally together and uh-huh. eventually just kind of petered out. But, you know, I really appreciated that he actually gave it a shot and still do it. But let me ask you this. Was there a, a conversation about you being able to go out and do that and be with other men as well since he you couldn't do that with him? Yeah, it was really around that time we decided. It, so as we finished up therapy, we actually said that's when we truly fell in love with each other. Uh huh. Because we suddenly felt like we were really opening everything up to each other, and yeah, we actually opened up the relationship officially at that point. Uh huh. And because he actually had been hooking up with other people when he was traveling for work. Oh, he was cheating too. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so and we had he a conversation. 
Yep. Okay. And we and we just kind of like we said, okay, great, we'll do this. We set up ground rules. Here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do. If something happens and you break a rule, we'll talk about it. There's no shame. And it's been like that since. Wow. And that was 10 so, years in though, right? To your relationship. 10 years in, that, so that would have been 18 years ago. Yeah, but that's amazing. And I think that you needed that 10 years. I don't know that you guys would have been able to have that conversation two years in. A lot of relationships might not be able to handle something. But at that point, you love each other. You don't want to leave, right? You decide, okay, maybe I'll take this on. And I think that that's great that you just decided to stay together and accept each other for who you were. Like you said, it brought you like closer. Yeah, it really did. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. And so I didn't have to worry. I, I didn't have to worry about him like finding my stash or yeah. anything. And it kind of takes a lot of pressure away that this secret's no longer going to ruin your relationship. And you don't have to feel guilty about what you're doing. I mean, exactly. there was some guilt there, right? What It was like fucking oh, fun sure. and stuff, but then you have to feel bad. And there's none of that shame involved. I think that that's so great to get rid of that. Yeah. So again, so then I'm still meeting up with guys on Craigslist and eventually online. There were a couple of adult theaters in Seattle where I would go in wearing lingerie underneath my clothes and I would strip out of my man clothes and kind of walk around there wearing just lingerie. Very mixed, very mixed reactions, but always fun. Always had a good time. And then even a couple other guys that I knew that also dressed, we would arrange to meet up at these adult theaters and play around in front of everyone. And that was always kind of fun. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You'd have an audience. Yep. And what were the, like you said, there was always so many different kinds of guys that were into it. It wasn't like you could say, oh, it was all like this type of guy. So when you would, those people that would show up dressed, who was that group of people? Was it like everything from every walk of life, married guys? Were there any other gay men that you ever met that were the same like you? Or was it always straight guys? Just a few gay men. Oh, there were. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very few. Mm-hmm. Because they usually, like you said, they weren't responding to the ad. Yeah. Because th- that's not what they were into. And definitely back then in early 2000s, 80s, 90s, gay men were not into it. So there was no, this was not a, not something you could really be into. Um, people would just be like, what is this about? No way. Yeah. But it was just like, just like anger even. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of had to really keep it on the down low. But there was one gay guy that I hooked up with, big hairy muscle guy, beautiful. And I dressed him up and he freaked out halfway through. What do and you he's mean? Just, he, he suddenly froze up. He felt really uncomfortable. He started having an anxiety attack. Wow. And he's like, I, I have to leave because I just can't do this anymore. I, gotta, I have to go. I have to go. Because he felt so much shame about being gay and being into this. He was confused, right? Mm-hmm. He, yep. Yep. And it's kind of like that whole, for a community that says we're so open to so many things, certainly back then we certainly weren't. No, not you know, at all. There were still yeah. things you would definitely not be into. Yeah. But I have seen that over the past five years, 10 years, it's there have been a lot more people being more open about it. Interesting. Especially with the apps. Mm-hmm. I see a lot more people on the apps that are into it. People are more open about it. There's a lot less sense of shame. Maybe that's just me and my own comfort level because I don't necessarily hide it either now. I don't flaunt it. Like I don't make a big deal out of it, but a good number of my friends around my life know, like I'll have a profile on an app and, you know, I use that one and friends have found me that way. And, you know, if, if they're, if they're into it, then they're into it. And if they're not, they're like, Hey, have fun. Right. They don't give a shit. And I do think the younger generation is much more open and fluid and they have all their labels and they are confusing, but they do, you know, they, they, they are confusing, but they could, I love the labels. I don't mind them. I I think it definitely helps sometimes and you don't need them forever. But I think when you're younger, it's, and trying to figure yourself out, labels really help. And I think because these young people have all those labels and they know they could be whatever the fuck they want, they have 50 different things they could be they're they're able to be more open about who they were and are we didn't have those labels we had three labels you were gay straight or bi (laughs) and who the fuck knew what bi was because everyone has a different definition so so it was difficult so you're like where did you fit in i mean you were a gay man that wanted to wear lingerie i mean that's a really weird 
place to be. If there was labels when you were really young, that would have helped you. So I think labels are great. And I think the younger people are more open about things because they have them. I think when they're 50, they don't need the fucking label, but it's it's good at some point of your life to be able to totally kind of right. belong I to mean, a group I, and understand who you are when you're trying to figure out. I felt like I was out. a niche within a niche within a niche yes, within a niche. Yes, you are. Especially because you're a gay man who doesn't fuck his husband. Like, What is that all about? <laughs> there is that you too. did mention that. <laughs> I did. I no, mean, and what's going on we, there? We we've always had a good connection. Yeah. But sexually it was never it was never great. Like it was never like when you get those ones that you're like the chemistry's right and everything's yeah. kind of fitting well. It's ah. Uh, and I've had those moments with mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And occasionally with him, but we've never had a great sexual com- sexual relationship. We love each other, other immensely and we have our lives totally entwined and we don't really see ourselves being with anyone else. But we just do sex differently. Interesting. We both do different things. And so we'd occasionally do it. And then eventually when we had outlets in other directions, we just would have it someplace else. And then it got to the point where you were just doing that so much that you don't even connect in that way at all anymore? No, not really. Interesting. I mean, we're, we're still we're still affectionate with each other and uh-huh. we're still intimate. We'll still hold each other yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. But, Emotionally but actually intimate. getting into exactly the yeah. thing going into actual sex rarely. And now you, do you know, do you guys talk about what you do at all uh, with other people? With other people? Yeah. Mm-mm, no. Interesting. Right. So there was, really is nothing, none of that's coming back because there is no sexual component to your guys thing. I mean, typically you'd be sharing to turn each other on, right? I mean, that would be the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> so even with an open relationship, because I have friends that couples will play with other people together. Yeah. And yeah. My friends are like, oh, I love watching my husband yeah. get fucked. And yeah. I was, I'm like, that does not appeal to me. Right. It's just, it's just really interesting or odd. And maybe it's just because we've never done it. We could, maybe we'd get into it. I hear your stories of all your, yeah. your couples that are open and everything they do. And I'm like, those are hot. I get totally turned on by those, but never think of it for us. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, why was there never to begin with any kind of major sexual thing going on between you? Is he, because you're obviously a very sexual person. You're into all different kinds of things. I mean, he doesn't, I'm assuming you're into just straight fucking besides being dressed up in lingerie, right? I mean, so was it because of him? Like, he's not that sexual of a person? Like, why no No, sex between you guys ever? He is. Yeah, he's sexual. I mean, we're not like going around fucking everyone around us. But yeah, yeah, we both. Sometimes it's just like, you know what? I'll just masturbate and that'll work out fine. Right. How old are you guys now? uh, If someone, sorry? How How old? old? Yeah. I'm, how old am I? I'm 52 and he's 61. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So age so two has five when we first got together. Yeah. Age. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Slows down. Especially I mean, the last decade. Yeah, for sure. I had always said, I mean, I knew a lot of players <laughs> in my life, you know, and I've grown with those players. We've all gotten old together. And I'm like, oh, even the like the, the hardcore players, they start to be able to only fucking come like once a night <laughs> by late 40s. Right. And then oh, by no late kidding. 50s, they don't even need sex the way that they used to. I mean, it definitely does slow down for men, too, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's a definite oh, yeah. thing. And then you start taking testosterone. Yeah. No, that's why. Yeah, I'm going to have a whole episode on that soon. But yeah, that's why. Because you do lose. Just like women are losing their hormones, men do as well. And it 100% is related. So you so you do know, though, that your guy is getting dick someplace else. He still is sexually active, just not with you. Yes. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And like, you... We'll kind of talk about it. Like Part of our rules yeah. were he didn't want to know when I hooked up with someone else. He's like, I don't want to know about that. And I was like, okay, great. I do. I said, I don't want to know the details, but I just want to know that you're doing something. And I said, mainly because I don't want to be at a party and suddenly something comes up and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I don't want to be you, embarrassed. Right. You don't want to feel like an asshole that's not in the know. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so we tend to be pretty open about that. And for the most part, we really do it when we travel for work or when we're alone. And it's, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I hooked up with someone. Oh, okay, cool. Did you have fun? Yeah. Great. It's just our our styles and methods of sex just never were a good a good fit. Yeah, that's so interesting. But yet everything else was so great that you guys decide to stay together because you have every other piece of that pie together and a little bit of sex. I'm assuming you had some sex for a while, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because I laugh because like I, I I think of us as puzzle pieces. Uh huh. We're totally opposite, but together we complement each other. Yeah, you you make a whole. We balance each other out. Yeah. And so 
I'm like, well, of course I like it this way and he likes it this way. So listen, a lot of straight couples or other couples, whether they're straight or gay, would benefit from kind of rolling the way you guys did, because there's plenty of people out there that have every other piece of their pie great, but maybe they're not so aligned when it comes to SEX, right? Someone, one person's way more vanilla, somebody else is way more not vanilla, but they're really in love with each other, you know? So yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, I would say that's definitely us. Yeah, yeah. But so you decided to stay together because you have everything else going on. So what's the big deal? And it works. I mean, there's never any kind of like as far as your open relationship. I mean, was it a hard transition in the beginning or what once you were honest with each other and came clean? Was it super easy and there was no jealousy? How did it work? I don't think there was maybe maybe a little bit occasionally, but mm -hmm. nothing that ever became an issue, at least not then. And so, again, one of the rules was, well, the number one rule was the other person never took priority over the main couple. Yes. Uh -huh. So it was always meant to just be fun if you're going to go play with someone else. Yeah. You're not allowed to date anyone. Yeah. If they want to be a fuck buddy, fine. Go ahead and see them repeatedly, but you're not going to go out to dinner. You're not going to go to a movie. It's none of that. It's just fucking and that's all. Right. And then no friends. Yeah, no, no that's, that's smart. connected to our immediate circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart. Okay, so no fucking where you eat, no friends, exactly. none of that kind of stuff. And no, I mean, these people that you're having sex with, at least on your end, I mean, there's not a lot of email exchanges as far as taking it more than just that hookup. Like maybe sexting, but no, no kissy faces and all that shit, right? No, nothing right. like that. Yeah, it, yeah. You take the romance part out of it in that sense, yeah. Yeah, it really is strictly sex. And that's the way it should be because I think when you involve anything else, that's where you get into the danger zone for sure and so it's like i always just thought it's like you know what in the end who do i go home to yeah it's none of these other guys yeah it's my man it's my husband mm -hmm. and he's always the most important one yeah so. and he really at this point 10 years ago or however no it was 18 years ago you came fully clean i mean this is a man who really loves you for who you are accepts you allows you to do be you even the part of you that he's not into, he's right. So, I mean, you kind of have it made. You're lucky, right? <laughs> I am. I, I think I am, yes. No, for sure. I mean, a lot of people, like I said, I think that there's a lot of people who are married with somebody and struggling because they don't have that sex part of their relationship going, but they would never open their relationship or their partner would never want it to be open. So this is a big missing piece of the pie. I mean, you guys... Don't you don't feel like you're missing anything because you get to go get that someplace else. So you have your cake and eat it too. You have everything you want. Yep. I agree with that. So how many guys do you typically have uh that you're living out your lingerie fetish with uh, at a time? Like that I've had over the years? Well, right now, who is there a guy that you see or is it something that you tend to a lot? How powerful is this fetish in your life and what kind of experiences there's no are you having? There's no one I really see. Yeah, there's no one I really see like regularly mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. At least, uh, So I, I now live in Dallas or we live in Dallas. And this is when I moved here. I said, you know what? I'm not going to hide it. I created a profile on Grindr uh -huh. and I was shocked by the amount of positive responses I got. Oh, really? Like guys were coming out of the woodwork. Some that dressed, some that didn't. But over the years, I figured out very quickly, for me, they have to truly be into it or enjoy dressing themselves. If it's, I'm like, I can sniff out someone who's, oh, I'm just horny. Yeah, okay, you can go away. Yeah, Because yeah, it's not yeah. going to be fun for me. But yeah, I mean, definitely ever since with the apps, you know, it, I'm also very lazy. So it's, oh, do I have to clean the house? Do I have to deal with this? <laughs> like, oh, I got to bring all the lingerie out and dress them. And I don't know. But no, I would say a couple every month. And then depending on what schedules are like, if, if I have the house to myself for a little bit, I can squeeze in some more. But yeah, pretty regularly. Yeah, a couple of months. But, you know, through the app, I am chatting with them constantly. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's well, and you also see, especially a lot of them are straight men when they're using drugs and then they get into that horny space. So I'm like, yeah, I don't need to go down that path. So I try to avoid those. Those are I'll the ones you sniff out that you don't want. Yeah. You don't want that. You want someone that's really exactly. into it, that is yep. really coming from the right place. And when and so you meet the gay man, what is he looking for? The gay man that wants you to dress up? Yeah, and he wants to dress up too. Yeah, interesting. So it's two girls. There's a lot more. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we don't consider ourselves girls. Right. They're like you yeah. in that they don't feel like they're not mm -mm. dressing to be women. They just like no. to wear. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's always been kind of interesting. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be a girl. If they, if they want to, if that's what gets them into their headspace, mm-hmm. fine, I can work with it. But that's actually pretty rare that I hook up with someone like that. It's usually more, if it's something like that, it's a straight guy who wants to be treated like a girl and I'll even give them a female name and I'll tell them how pretty and beautiful they are and get very <laughs> gentle with them. Yeah. You know, and then start fucking them. <laughs> yeah. And they're cool with that. Yeah. Oh, it... yeah. Everything gets discussed. And then I'm also on prep and I get tested regularly. Like I said, I don't want to bring anything home and I don't want them to end up suddenly having to explain to their wife how they got a STD. Yeah. And so it's, I'll keep it all above board. I make sure they're very comfortable. I said, you know what? I'm going to push you and we're going to do things. And if you're ever uncomfortable or it's too much, just tell me mm-hmm. and we'll stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to scar him. And do you find that most of these guys are married doing this on the DL? I know that you have more and more gay guys coming out and people that are out But still the majority, are, the majority are still straight married men or at least straight men. But I'm finding more of them are also in open relationships or their wife is into them being dressed up. And I find that really hot. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good to know for some gay, just so for some cross-dressers out there. Exactly. There yeah. actually are a lot more. It's kind of funny. Because to me, I always kind of appreciated or I got turned on by knowing that I'm the one person in this person's life that knows this side of them. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm exposed to something that no, almost no one else in the world knows about that person. Yes. Other than me. And so it's kind of hot. It gives me that sense of control. Uh-huh. Or I've got a, I don't know. Yeah, control. But then now the whole idea that the wife knows about it and sometimes she'll humiliate them or they're cucks and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of hot. So you could get into all these different scenarios, it sounds like. You could really go down. You could get into all of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. So why not? And especially if, I'm in, if I meet one and he's into being humiliated. Okay, I'll humiliate you. Like, how far are you willing to go? You, do you want to do public stuff? And yeah. There was one guy, I actually dressed him up, and he was at our house, and he, he liked getting, being submissive and being humiliated. So I actually opened the door, pushed him out onto my front porch, and locked the door while he was dressed in nothing but lingerie. Oh, wow. That's and so if hardcore. people walked past, they wouldn't have seen him. Yeah. And so I made him beg to come back inside the house. And he was, he was probably the most extreme that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I eventually brought him back in and made him beg for forgiveness. What's top of the mountain for you? Your hottest scenario, if you could pick and choose the ingredients of what you wanted exactly that night, what would it be as far as everything? The, the looks of the guy, what he's wearing, how big his dick is. I mean, what is top of the mountain for you? That's a good question because it changes all the time. Yeah, I get that. They're always going to be, I always want them to be, if they're hairy, with a beard, Good body. They don't okay. have to be a big muscle guy or whatever like that. Uh-huh. Well, actually, you know what? There's this one guy that I've hooked up with him maybe three times. He lives in Canada. Yeah. And he'll come into town every now and then. And our, he's he's shorter than me. He's like a little otter, a little furry, a little fire plug kind of guy. Adorable. And we just connect. There's that chemistry that comes together. And you know, the first time we hooked up, I thought, oh, this will be a hookup. We'll be done in an hour or so. We were together for seven hours that day. Wow. Having like sex? Fucking and, yeah. Wow. And then also just like resting, mm-hmm. cuddling with each other. Just It was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And then we've had a couple like that since then. But it was always really interesting. So it's something like that. It has, if it has that connection, then that just gets me going. That so added much. layer you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it almost doesn't depend on who, who what he actually looks like. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also you're down for all different kinds of things. Do you ever bottom? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. For sure. So you're you're yeah. definitely a switch in your with your husband. You were right, as well as with any of these guys that you hook up with. Yeah, I just don't do a lot of anal because I'm like, Ugh, too much prep, <laughs> too much prep work. Right, right. There's too much that has to go involved with that. Like, yeah. Can't we just jerk off and you can leave? <laughs> Oh my God, hilarious. Is that what you guys do sometimes? Just jerk off with each other, dressed up and stuff? If if they're more nervous, mm-hmm. yeah, it's usually pretty fast. But it usually ends up them sucking me because they don't get to suck a guy's dick that often. And yeah. Sometimes they don't even want me to touch them uh-huh. in their on their cock because it reminds them of them being a man. But for me, especially, like I have to be able to kiss them, which when they're straight, a lot of them don't want to kiss because yeah. it's too intimate for them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for me, that really gets me going. So 
if I can't kiss them, it gets a little harder for me to kind of get totally into it. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to kiss on your neck. I'm going to kiss your body. I'm going to kiss all around you. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, just not on the lips. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we go from there. But every now and then I'll force them to kiss me on the lips and then they kind of feel like they're being dominated. Right. Uh, oh, and that'll be but a that's part always of kind of doming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's always fun. I have a good time with it. I like meeting these guys. Mm -hmm. I like talking to them. Yeah. I like getting their story. So for me, I like the story. Yeah. So like when I jerk off, I, I'll start with porn or Twitter. Twitter is open to the world. Oh my fetishes. God, I know. I'm like, good Lord, that's yeah. really specific. Yeah. Who, who knew duck porn was a thing? <laughs> so yeah. I, I, for me, I get off on like the fantasy of it. So in my head, I start creating all these like fantasies of things that happen. The the 20 year old who suddenly catches his hot bearded uncle dressed in lingerie and <laughs> suddenly he decides to dress up wow. and all those kinds of fantasies but that's also what i love about your podcast mm -hmm. and all your stories yeah. i just get addicted to listen to all these stories and people because they're real yeah and it makes it super hot and also it's like you know you're not alone yeah now last question do you have a favorite lingerie brand or like what <laughs> like what do you like to wear when you dress up oh my god that is too funny. So when I first started dressing, I mean, it was almost impossible to even buy it. Uh -huh. I mean, you had to go into a store and buy it. So I yeah. have to be like, so I, I used to go to Ross uh -huh. and we always called it cross dress for less. That's and, funny. And so <laughs> I would go as soon as they opened on a Sunday morning, thinking they would be empty. And I would go over there and be just so excited. And that's, I would just buy whatever bras and panties I could find or any kind of lingerie. Yeah. And just hope that the cashier isn't like staring at me. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care what you're buying. Yeah. But you certainly realize quickly, oh, sizing is really complicated for this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I buy that kind of stuff. And over the years, got way more comfortable with it. But as soon as Amazon came around, that just opened up the floodgates for everyone. Because suddenly Amazon Prime, you can order it in the privacy of your own home. You can get totally. it shipped. Everything's fine. It doesn't fit. You return it. All this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um I don't have a particular brand or anything like that because it's just expensive. Yeah. But for me, stockings are really sexy. So I love wearing stockings, especially to see like a pair of like really muscular men's legs with stockings and garter belt. Mm -hmm. it, it frames their cock. It's so hot. Um, and you like to wear it yourself too, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. Corsets and kind of like, like constraining pieces like that uh -huh. because they really start to shape your body. And like I said earlier, like bras were never a big thing for me. Yeah. But then when I got a pair of silicone tits and started wearing them with a bra, it's like, they're almost comforting. So even like during the pandemic, you would think I'd be dressing constantly during the pandemic, but yeah. I didn't. Uh -huh. But I really started to kind of get into wearing my tits then. And so oh, I would just wear my bra with my tits because it was almost comforting. It just felt nice. And so that is actually a really big turn on for me, being able to wear them and just kind of see, because it transforms your body. So something like that, and then the corset, and if I put on a pair of heels, it just totally changes the way I stand and the way I present myself. Yeah. And of course, I'm a total exhibitionist, so I take tons of pictures. I have a Twitter. I used to have an Instagram, but that got deleted. Why don't you give um, out your Twitter handle for people to go check it out? And then you'll send me in some pics for my, my Patreon, right? Some anonymous pics? I will send pics? you some pics for sure. Okay, Let's awesome. My Twitter. What's my Twitter handle? You can always email by... it to me and I'll say it at, at, in the beginning if you want. And I'll put a link to it. You know what I mean? If you don't remember it right now, I'll put your, or just so people know that are listening to this right now, what I'll do is I'll add it into the intro and then I'll also just put it in the description so people have it. So they could go to your description to get your Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, Penny Bear. Oh, you have it. Okay, I, wait, I just say that it. again. Yeah. Say that again. Panty, it, so... Uh, because panty bear with an A is always taken. Uh -huh. I just do panty bear, P-N-T-Y-B-E-A-R. So P-N-T-Y-B-E-A-R. That's your at sign at on Twitter. Okay, I'll put that in the description. And you're going to send me anonymous pics for my Patreon. I love, I love this episode. It'll definitely go up on my Fetish Friday episode, not just my Patreon, because I think it's so I am honored. unique. It'll definitely be up soon. But get me your picks sooner than later so I have them. So when I decide to post it, I have it. And, and thanks so much, Chuck, for calling and sharing your story. It was super interesting. Hey, it was my pleasure. Love it. Thanks so much. Thank you, right. Chuck. Take Bye. care. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. 
If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.